Welcome to Living the Mission with the Center for Service and Social Action. I'm Delaney Burns. And I'm Caroline Maltese. Pull up your Adirondack chair or grab your favorite snack from the tween and come chat with us and some friends about experiences that have shaped our values to promote social change and and live the mission. Hi, Caroline. Hey, Delaney. What's going on? Well, it's Friday. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Are you excited for your weekly barrio? Absolutely, everybody. Weekly barrio's back, and it's better than ever. Getting the Trace Amigos tonight with the cheese guac and salsa. Very nice. Changing things up, even though we don't like change so much. <laughs> right? I might even go somewhere new tonight. Maybe not barrio. I don't know. We'll have to see. Stay tuned for the next episode. I'll fill you in. <laughs> have you had a good week? How's it going so far? Pretty good week. Yeah. Honestly, no low lows. Are you hanging in there? Yeah, tough week for me, but, you know, getting through it. And you, you have highs, you got lows, so I'm just dealing with, like, a, a a dip in the, what's it called? A low. I'm mm-hmm. dealing with the low right now. Yeah, there's there's hills and valleys. Valleys, that's what it was. Oh, good. <laughs> dealing with the valleys. Good, yes. But speaking of not liking change, but we know it's good for us sometimes, we are switching our model for the podcast, so... We are going to dive into that a little bit today. I'm super excited for our guest, seeing as I'm an education major and he is actually a principal of a school. So we're super excited to bring him on today and Caroline is going to share a little bit about our model for this semester and this season of the podcast and kind of just what we'll be focusing on today. Yeah, so like we said before, if you listen to the first episode of this season, we're doing a shifting focus to the social change ecosystem. And it has all of these different roles that um, individuals play to promote social change. Um, And today, we'll talk about it a little bit later because I definitely want to ask Scott about his unique answer to our question about which role that he chose for himself. Um, but we think that he best fit into the role of the guide and guides are able to teach counsel and advise using of many of their gifts, um, of discernment and wisdom. And so we really do think that Scott embodies this value. He's worked at St. Francis school, not exactly sure for how long we'll have to ask him, but a long time, um, and he's developed definitely some of these really amazing qualities that a guide must have. Mm-hmm. Yes, and so as Caroline said, our guest is Scott. His name is Scott Embacher, and he is the principal of St. Francis Elementary School, and that's actually one of the sites that we serve at for Center for Service and Social Action. Which many of them might have been to True. or worked with students mm-hmm. from there. It's actually, fun fact, my favorite service site because <laughs> it holds a special place in my heart. It was my first service site for Carol Reed, so. How nice. Yes, very sweet. And I know Scott personally as well. Um, if you've heard of the organization Seeds of Hope, um, we go and we just uh, do the service of being and just hang out with the students after school um, for those on Fridays who maybe you know their parents are late to picking them up or they need um, a little extra help in the classroom we go to St. Francis and work with those students as well so I've also worked with Scott in a different capacity not just directly through CSSA mm-hmm. so he knows lots of members of the John Carroll community who's actually a John Carroll grad himself mm-hmm. um, and we're really excited to have him on today yeah we just really think that his experience will be something that really does focus on the social change and since he works at an inner city school and he does have that challenge he's definitely we think someone who lives the mission and somebody who is guiding those around him on a daily basis absolutely we're so excited to hear from him and let's go see what he has to say let's do it here we 
we go. Okay, well, welcome, Scott. We are just going to ask you to introduce yourself, so just tell us a little bit about who you are and your work. Great. My name is Scott Imbacher. I'm graduate John Carroll in 2001, and at Carroll, kind of new, developed my purpose of wanting to be in education, and specifically urban education. So I uh, did the Urban Catholic Teacher Corps coming out of college, which is a partnership between Boston College and you, know, you teach in a city school for a couple years mm -hmm. and you go to school at Boston College. After that, I spent one year in charter school and now I've been the last 16 years at St. Francis School in Cleveland. Um, it's in the St. Clair Superior neighborhood. I taught there for 10 years and the last six I've served as the first principal not named father or sister. Oh, non-religious nice. uh, principal there. So <laughs> I guess they couldn't find anyone else better to give the job to, so they settled on me. No, no, sure, um, that's not true. Family-wise, I met my wife here um, at John Carroll doing service, actually. No way, Carroll couple! Yeah, so I, I don't know what it's called now. It was called Christmas Carol Eve back then, uh -huh. but they bus-loaded a couple busloads of kids in and believe it or not it was St. Francis kids but uh -huh. we didn't know that at the time oh, uh -huh. and I was trying to get her attention to my wife because and so I'm trying to be cute with this kid right <laughs> she's being the biggest brat the whole time oh, she's like no. I don't really like your Christmas tree I, you're not even that fun and I'm like, I'm, I need you to be my wing woman right here come uh -huh. on I'm trying to spit some game and you are totally not helping me but turns out had a happy ending and um or happy continuation, I suppose. And so we've been married uh, 16 years as well. We have two awesome sons. Fasika is in eighth grade, Tariku is in fourth grade, both uh, born in the beautiful country of Ethiopia, which we've been to a few times now and love it. So that's kind of the makeup of, of us and our family. Incredible, there was so much I didn't know about you. Yeah, really. <laughs> I thought you were gonna stalk me on Facebook ahead of time. Oh no, <laughs> we like the surprises. Okay, so here's our next question. And I'll ask you the, the original question and then if, if we need to do like a rendition of the question. Sure. So has the in-between been around when you were here? Well, I saw in your notes, it's called the tween. Well, it's just a it's, nickname. Yeah. It's like a hip uh, thing to say. It was indeed called the in-between. The in-between. Yes, indeed. So we're gonna ask you, what it was your favorite just like college snack in general? Absolutely, no, we're gonna go right to the in-between because mm -hmm. I discovered the fried egg sandwich there. I mean, oh. I n never had, like, where they just crack it, you know, the egg sizzling right there, put on some cheese English muffin, <laughs> and I always, you know, either slept through breakfast, embarrassingly so, because if breakfast would close at, what, 1 o'clock? Yeah. I would have to <laughs> mm -hmm. embarrassingly go get breakfast, and I think Dunkin' Donuts stole their recipe, because now I'm a big Dunkin' fan, oh. I think they stole their recipe mm -hmm. from the in-between, almost positive. Really? Mm, funny. But the in-between is better, because it's not the processed egg, it's the actual right. egg. Mm -hmm. It's great. I'm a, I'm a big egg girl myself. We have chickens at home, and I love our farm fresh eggs. Wow, mm -hmm. farm fresh are the best. That's one of my goals now, to have chickens. Oh, really? really? With you? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You get the omega-3s in the eggs, then. It's, it's all amazing. here. You put in, we put in good stuff in the chickens, and then, like, they produce such beautiful eggs for us. Right. So, like, we give them all of our leftover, like, salad mix and, like, wow. spinach and kale. Yeah. It's a great system. It's a great system. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, so we actually have to talk to you about a few things, and Caroline <laughs> wanted to bring something up, the fact that you did select every <laughs> role of the social change <laughs> ecosystem. So since we're working with the social change uh, ecosystem, we also wanted to give our guests some opinion of which ones they thought they would be best in, but Scott actually selected every, every single, single choice. So oh, we I just wanted to, to yeah. take that up with you. Can I, uh, you have some explaining. <laughs> yeah. I went out there as probably thinking one egoist he probably was. And he, I wasn't certainly not good at all those. 
But when you are the leader of an institution that mm -hmm. truly wants transformational change, you do have to be well-rounded. And mm -hmm. in fact, that's the beauty of, of this Jesuit education is it does teach you so many well-rounded traits. So I have to be a good public speaker. Mm -hmm. I have to be a good storyteller. I also have to be analytical because if our school goes broke, that's on me. Mm -hmm. Our school can close. I have to inspire my teachers. I have to motivate my families. I have to be the caretaker. I have to be on the front line some days when uh, something goes wrong with one mm -hmm. of our students. But I also have to be in board meetings where I say, hey, we need something new at our school. Let's get our heads together. Let's open up our pocketbook to, and make this happen. Mm -hmm. It's a very multifaceted job. I sincerely, I, <laughs> just so you know, I worked with my wife on this. I said, babe, what do you think? <laughs> and she agreed. She's uh -huh. like, well, I'll but except that one. I think it probably was guy. Ironically. Oh, <laughs> Only because I don't teach anymore. Right. Uh -huh. So I, I sincerely think that if you're going to create transformational change, to at least dabble, mm -hmm. uh, have the audacity to try to be effective at each of them is very mm -hmm. important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. And we will circle back to that later, but we do want to touch on guide a little bit. So You're going to pigeonhole me? You're going to define me? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're going to circle in uh, on one as we do in this episode. Jeez. So <laughs> no pressure. Yeah. For guiding, sure. we're talking about people who teach, who counsel, who advise. So maybe if you draw back on to the teaching knowledge, and I'm sure you know, you're still teaching in different ways and Absolutely. advising and counseling. So where do you see that playing out in your life? Yeah. Well, um, in your teaching, um, teaching is the biggest um, biggest generator of economic equality that you can possibly do. I mean, mm -hmm. if you think about how do you change a society, how do you create fairness and justice, if a child has an education on par with those kids who are in Beechwood and Orange, then they're going to be competitive economically. They're going to be able to go to a good school like John Carroll. They're going to be able to get the jobs that are competitive with those people, not just by the way, Beachwood and Orange, but also University School, Laurel School, all these big dollar schools. If I can provide the level of education for my students that's on par with University School, they have a fighting chance in this world. They have a chance of breaking that cycle of poverty and making a difference in the world. So that part of being a guide, it's more of a big picture guide, but creating those educational opportunities is the way to create economic justice in the city. And that's a lot. That's a that's a big role that you have. Like that's a lot for you to have on your shoulders. So I like I'm, I guess my next question would be like what? How does that affect you? And how do you deal with that? Like whether that be emotionally, spiritually, mentally, physically. Right. So, on any given day, of course, you have 250 families that just go to our school. Mm -hmm. On top of those parents who are depending on us, so that's another 500, 750 people. I also have 35 people's jobs in my hands, and I have to be, be mindful of that as well and their families. And in the world of COVID, now you're responsible for all those families, all those staff members, and making sure that they don't bring a deadly disease home to their families. Mm -hmm. It's a lot. You have to at the beginning define your mission and values and know what you're about you have to stay uh, within your mission so when those really hard calls come when those really hard decisions come my values are already defined I at least know the parameters that I'm working with so I can sleep at night I've made some really hard decisions this past year but I've been able to sleep at night knowing that they're based in those values that I define at Carroll and Boston College and through my Jesuit education well, I think that's a really good point, too, because a lot of what we're experiencing, like when we are rooted in that mission and you have your values and you that's like what we want to do here, identify all of those. So then you can sleep at night so that you can put it all aside and you have a baseline like, you know, some people might not 
really see it beneficial to establish all of those or don't understand why people have the certain values or mission but when you do then you can set it aside and you can really feel good and sure about the decisions that you've made right you're not like shooting into you know the dark just Mm -hmm. like taking a random random guess at what your next move is Mm -hmm. you have like something to sort of lead you to that goal Mm -hmm. right when we had the discussions before school started of what if you're going to start in person or remote Mm -hmm. uh, I was able to tell my admin team I don't want to do what everyone else is doing I don't want to necessarily uh, make this decision based on money or enrollment let's make the true best decision that we think is going to be best for our Mm -hmm. kids and then we can at least live with ourselves on top of that by the way at the end of the day I get to go home to a loving wife and kids Mm -hmm. and that centers me because it also says okay I have to not only be an excellent administrator but I also Mm -hmm. have to be a good husband and father Mm -hmm. that too allows you to um, create this 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 depth of of peace and purpose Mm -hmm. that gets you through some of those hard decisions which is interesting right that when when you're talking last semester we focused on the um, social change model of leadership and all of those values that you're talking about commitment and like the ability to be congruent with your decisions like those are all things that we've talked about and how to best foster those and how to use those to live the mission so although we're talking about the social change ecosystem this time like those values don't go away you need all those values to to do a good job at your role of being you know whatever one of these you want to do I kind of feel like you're checking all the boxes now I think here yeah, yeah. she's selected yeah. all of them yeah. now, now we're not just checking all, yeah, all, all these boxes <laughs> We're checking all of the social right. change you model said create a whole new too. set of boxes. Uh-huh. Check, I feel like. Well, hey, what you were saying too about um, you know not not just doing what everybody else is doing. That's like I, I found the disruptor in you. You know, I see mm-hmm. why you were checking all the boxes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Disrupting. If you don't disrupt, you just recreate what's already happening in society. If you're a true agent of change, you look to get in there and disrupt. There we go. <laughs> well, we know that this work is hard that you're doing in particular and being in the education field and like times are hard just in general right now. So we're curious about kind of what keeps you going, like what keeps you dreaming and what kind of inspires you like through all of these challenges and the exhaustion or the repetition that might come, like what brings you joy and keeps you going? Yeah, well, geez, a lot of, <laughs> so a lot to that question. First mm-hmm. of all, times uh, are hard. Times are also filled with so much opportunity right now. We get to recreate what education is. We get to redefine what is important uh, as we teach the kids. Where before we might have been fighting about what socks are in dress code, now we're really concerned about what are the essential standards that they need to know in order to be successful. We're making sure that those faith elements are there for character development for for our students. We're looking at um, modernizing how we grade and making sure that's more in a grading what the kids know instead of what they've completed. So there's so much rich opportunity within this challenge. So when people say, oh, it's been a tough year, if you put health aside of, uh, and be respectful to those who have suffered because of this crisis, it's been a really great opportunity mm-hmm. to really rethink um, a lot of the wonderful things that are happening in education right now. And what gives me um, balance and purpose, first of all, being on the front lines. Yeah. I think one of your check boxes is being a frontline <laughs> mm-hmm. worker. You get to see the difference right away. You get to see um, some of those miracle situations of some kids that come from some really tough places, some parents that come from some, some tough places, and you get to see the change right in front of you. Um, and then what, what brings joy um, is seeing a, a student who not a lot of people give a lot of hope to, mm-hmm. seeing a family who struggled a lot, and seeing them come out the other end, seeing them come out uh, a changed, better person, and it's because of the teamwork 
uh, of the staff at St. Francis. And then, um, I, I know I'm a, a little older than you, you can probably cut that part out. <laughs> my, your family, always, right? right. And whether you're, you're 21, 22 and have your family at home, or for me, the family that I'm now creating in my own house, um, creating, that also helps to create the change you want to see in this world because you're now creating this family unit that, that propagates some of those values that you, of which you spoke. Mm -hmm. I was just going to say, I think with the opportunity, I've definitely seen that in my student teaching too because things that we had to switch up or we had to change have ended up being super beneficial. And I remember like during freshman convocation, we talked a little about, about like invitations and I think it was like a Jesuit priest or some priest he said every interruption is an invitation and I think that's like what you're going for there that's what made me think of and yeah I just feel like every time we're interrupted and all of these things that are happening that we might consider are bad or negative they're all invitations to do things a different way or to take a different route or to see things in a different light absolutely I also like that you said about the dress code because that's what was like a huge focus at my at my high school was oh whose skirt is too short and ho whose socks match their sweat whatever mm -hmm. like does that matter is that what we're going for here yeah. I mean it, you have to set certain parameters but at the end of the day you're glad the kids are there mm -hmm. they're, they're, they're fed they're safe they're being educated absolutely so then our last question that we have for you is uh, sort of goes back to our purpose, and we have this podcast to talk about living the John Carroll mission. You sort of touched on it already, but what inspires you to continue to live the John Carroll mission? I've seen a lot of people in a lot of different jobs, um, and I chose a job very intentionally, and that Jesuit motto of being men and women for others um, gives me purpose in my life. When you say, what brings happiness? I see where I, where I live. A lot of people think bringing happiness is leisure time, uh, vacation, um, sports, golfing. Um, those are the things that people think they bring happiness, but you still sense an emptiness mm -hmm. of some sort. Um, and what the John Carroll mission of being men and women for others for the greater glory of God has given me a true happiness, a true purpose, uh, a trying to live like Christ lived, a feeling uh, like I am God's hands here on earth trying to do God's work in, in, in God's way. And that gives me a deeper happiness than I see from our, our very secular materialistic society that surrounds us. So that continues to be a, a key motivator in, in my life. Incredible. Mm -hmm. Do you have any, anything else you want to add here, Scott? I think that that wraps well, it up for us. Any parting words? You know what the cool thing is? Well, I don't know about parting words because now that's a lot of pressure. You know? <laughs> the cool thing that's been happening at my school, though, is that John Carroll Mission now, I get to uh, form a staff with those similar uh, mission, those similar mm -hmm. values. So I've it's my sixth year of being the principal now and you can sense it now the way that people are treated within the building or the way the kids are seen not as problems but as opportunities uh, the, the, for the chance for societal change I think I have four or five Carroll graduates not on purpose when I look at your resume yes I'm impressed that it says John Carroll <laughs> but it's not the deciding factor right. but what I've noticed is those people have a similar drive a similar sense of purpose and now I have this collective team that we're all working and pushing in the same direction and that's what's creating this this transformational change where our school is is on par with some of the suburban schools we are making that difference because we're all pulling in the same direction and i think that means a lot mm -hmm. absolutely
I definitely agree. <laughs> thank you so much for taking the time to be here today. Yeah, we really, really you. appreciate it. It's great it. being here. Thank you very much. All right. We'll see you guys soon. Thank you for gathering with us here on Living the Mission. We hope that you continue to journey with us as we learn how to be socially responsible members of our community. In the meantime, connect with CSSA on all your favorite platforms. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. See you next time. time.